It's so great to gather with you and have the privilege of opening God's word for us to consider together who he is, what he has done for us in Christ, and how he's calling us to live while we wait for him to come again. We'll continue to do that today from Galatians 5. So if you have your Bible, please turn to Galatians 5. If you don't have a Bible with you today, there should be one or maybe even two uh, in the row in front of you in the seat backs there. If you're using that one, you can find the text for today on page 975, Galatians 5, and we're in a series, as I think everyone who's, um, as I'm looking around, I think everyone knows that today, we're in a series uh, on the fruit of the Spirit as we're seeking to cultivate virtue, right? This isn't stuff that we can produce on our own, it's produced by the Spirit, it's called the fruit of the Spirit, not the work of the Christian. And at the same time, um, fruit, even though we can't make it grow, we have a responsibility to cultivate it. And so that's what we're considering as we consider each of these nine virtues on this list, the fruit of the Spirit. And today, we're talking about cultivating kindness, cultivating kindness. So let's look now at God's Word, beginning in verse 16 of Galatians 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for your word. We ask that by your Spirit, you would do its good work in us today. That you would help us to see you, your glory, your character, your salvation. And would you help us as those who belong to you, have been bought by the blood of Christ, who have been brought into relationship with you, that we would live as your sons and daughters in this world that you would produce, Spirit, these virtues in us. You'd help us to see where we are responsible to cultivate them, all the while relying on you to produce them in us by your power. And so would you help us? Would you meet with us even now as we continue to gather to worship you? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be kind. This is one of those messages that everyone can get behind, right? 
talk show hosts and their shows with Be Kind to Everyone. Noted uh, theologian Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, the Rock, said, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so he's not actually a noted theologian, but so he said something like, it's not that hard to be kind, and I think it's important. <laughs> Profound, yes. Yeah, that's what I said. Noted theologian, Dwayne Johnson. I don't know if that's true, but I saw it in a meme. It probably is, because it wasn't like making fun of him. It was like, yeah, this is, this is motivation to be kind. It's not that hard. Any of you who've lived with uh, any other person or gone to work or school, um, anything else that basically cover everyone in the room, uh, knows that being kind, while it's easy to say that it's easy and not that hard, um, it is, right? And so when someone's saying like that, not to be too mean to the rock, he's not here to defend himself, and boy, if he were, I'd be, you know, running. that probably what he means there is like, it's not really that difficult to do something kind for someone else. Like when you think, it doesn't cost you much to be kind. But to say it's not that hard, it's not that difficult, it's like, wait a minute, it is, it is. And it's hard to get people to be kind to one another because it's not the way that we are by Nature. Even those of us, those of us, those of you who are like very pleasant by nature, right? That's not necessarily kindness. Kindness isn't automatic. It's not what flows from us. Sometimes when I think about someone trying to be kind and it really is more like niceness is from the first Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. Okay, so we're 90s, we're kicking it old school here. Um, and some of you are like, that's not old school. But those of you who are like 15 or younger think that, wow, yeah, that one's, that one's really old. What got us the most? The kids are watching it, and they're driving. That's so Tim Allen's got his son for Christmas, and it's not going very well. And the part that blew our kids' mind was when the Charlie, who's eight years old, something like that, just hops in the front seat <laughs> when they're going to the restaurant. They're like, what is happening right now? You can't do that. It's like, oh, guys, this was the 90s. <laughs> this is ancient history. I just didn't know. <laughs> so watch it with someone young. They'll notice the things that are like, what is happening right now? But in that movie, there's a scene where it's like your parents get to come to school and you get to talk about what your parents do for work, you know, and there's the, the fireman and it's like, and that's why you don't want to get third degree burns. All the kids are just like, whoa, okay. It's like, thank you, thank you. And the teacher's being so soft and warm. And you can almost, if you've seen it, you can hear her voice, right? When someone says something and then the mean kid is like, that's stupid. It's like, we do not say stupid. <laughs> and that's sometimes what we can think about. Like, I want to be kind, Boy, that's not in my nature. But, you know, we'll just do this and everything's going to be okay. Be kind. 
It's what mothers want on Mother's Day, right? What does every mother want? I'm not a mother, of course, but I've talked to one or two in my life. Mothers tend to say things like, they just want obedient children. (laughs) And on on a day when we're preaching on kindness, too, we might add obedient children who are kind to each other, right? For the mothers here, wouldn't that be a great rest of the day today? Obedient children who are kind to each other. It's amazing. Just one day, right? It'd be nice. So kids, there's your assignment. We'll check back in, see how it goes. Some of you are like, we already know there is no chance. It's not happening. But your mom can dream, can't she? Don't crush her dreams. But then sometimes as parents, you know, so we're teaching them, be kind, be kind, be kind, and then they're not, and they're not, and they're not, and all of a sudden we're like, be kind! Ooh, man. (laughs) Right? And it's funny because it is so true. Right? We're yelling, be kind, just, just be kind. It's not that hard. Oh, right? It's not that hard except that it is. And so here's what we're going to be doing in the rest of the sermon today. We're going to be talking about what is kindness. Because it's like, is it that teacher that we do not say stupid? And saying stupid is probably a thing you shouldn't do if you're trying to be kind. But that's not all it is. So what is kindness? Then why should we bother being kind? Why is it so hard? And then how can we cultivate kindness? So that's what we're doing. Ready? Great. What is kindness? Kindness. First thing when we think about kindness is that it is something that God is. It is something that God is. God is kind. In some ways, this is a little bit hard to see in our English translations. I mean, it's not really, but there's some, there's some moments where it's hard. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The word underneath that in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament, is the same word that's underneath the word kindness in Galatians 5. Now, it's so close to good that it's not wrong. So I'm not telling you Psalm 34, it's been translated wrong all your life, and now you know that God is kind, not good, right? Let's not try to even make a distinction between kind and good, even though next week we're going to be talking about goodness and try to make some kind of distinction. But there's significant overlap. So in some ways, this will just be a two-parter, right? Kindness one week, goodness the next week. And then we have gentleness a few weeks after that, and you're like, how are you going to come up with? And then other ones, you're like, no, he, he can make anything stretch to the <laughs> length of time allotted. There's also that much for us to consider. But it's, oh, taste and see that the Lord is kind. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. The Lord is kind. He's kind to all that he has made. So something that God is. So it's probably not just the like, we don't say It's also something that love is, right? When we think of the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. And so we were talking about patience last week, and we probably all need to go back and listen to the uh, sermon again on that one. And it's also connected, 
right? When we're long-suffering, when we are long-tempered rather than short-tempered, we have a better shot, anyway, at being kind. But it's something that love is. Love is patient and kind. So for our purposes today, when we're thinking about what is kindness, here's what we're going to kind of be unpacking. At its core, kindness says and does what is good for someone else, whether they deserve it or not. Kindness says and does what is good for someone else, whether they deserve it or not. Kindness is essentially Jesus' golden rule. From Luke 6, that you do to others what you would wish that they do to you. Not do to others like they do to you, right? Do to others like you would want them to do. And kindness says and does what is good. And we can sometimes think about it as like talking, okay, I want to be kind in my, in my looks, in my face, in my body language, in my words. And yes, all those things are true. It says the things that are good for someone, but it also does what is good. That's where you hear things like random acts of kindness. That's good. That's right. Kindness says and does what is good. Think about it like this, right? When someone invites you to something, to some event, you might say, how kind of you to let me come, right? You're welcome. And so kindness is not just what you say, it's welcoming someone into your life, inviting them into your world, showing hospitality. Now I am getting to where that's uh, what we're going to be talking about next week with goodness, so I got to stay on track here. But it is about a kind look. When we say, like, they have a kind face, that's actually a good thing and not too common. Right? And it's not just a Philly thing, okay? This is, this is not at all, like, it's... And this is where we're doing kindness and niceness later in the sermon, okay? So other parts of the country where they're known for being nice, they're not necessarily being kind, all right? And that'll be clear in just a minute. It's about a kind look, a kind word, right? One way we can be kind, giving someone what we would want from them is to listen to them. That may not be the first thing we think of when we think of kindness, but kindness is really listening to someone else. Isn't that what you want when you're talking? I do not enjoy talking when it's clear that no one is listening. And you're like, you're kidding, right? It's like, no, no, no. You can ask my wife. You can ask my kids, right? And any of you who have a lot of people in your household, you know, you're talking, and then all of a sudden it's like everyone's like moving and doing things. You're like, I thought I was addressing you, but it's clear you don't know that you're being addressed right? It happens at home. It happens at work. I mean, it doesn't happen here. Richie is very, he listens really well when I go into his office. I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about something. He, he actually turns toward me and looks at me, right? Listens. That's good. That's 
kindness. Yeah, Richie wins the kindness award today. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have, there's nothing to like collect. Um, but listening to someone else, and for real, not just waiting for your turn to talk, right? We are all guilty of this, right? You've had your turn. I don't know what you said, but you've had your turn. Now it's my turn. And you need to listen to me, but I don't need to listen uh, very carefully to you. One way to stand out as someone who is kind, even if no one knows what words to put to it, is to listen to other people for real. Another way to show kindness that's hard is stopping to care for someone else. When we're in the middle of something, realizing someone else maybe has a need and caring about them. That is kind. So kindness isn't just about tone. It's not that teacher voice saying, we only talk like this in this class because we're nice. But it, it's not not about tone. We're like, oh great, now I'm off the hook. I love yelling at people, but it's for their own good. That's not what we want to do either. It is about tone, but it is also about content. Are we telling people the truth for their good and for God's glory? That's the test. That's the test of our words. And so that leads us to thinking about kind versus nice when we're thinking about what is kindness, because we tend to just like put the two together, right? Kindness is, is this, this really soft, warm, it's good to be soft and warm. But one of the ways that we maybe talk about it with children at, in class, at school, right? If you can't say something nice, right, that's nice Kind is having a different kind of disposition toward the person so that you can tell them the thing that they need. Right? And so it's still true. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, but don't confuse that with being kind. Sure, you may not start a fight right that minute, and that's great. That's better than starting the fight right then. But sometimes being quiet is the most unkind thing that you can do. Like, that doesn't make any sense, but I, I didn't bother anybody. It's like, but what if you're there and have the person who has the opportunity to speak up when someone else is being hurt? Well, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. That kindness isn't refusing to ruffle feathers because everyone's nice. If you've lived very long, you know that not everyone is nice. Sometimes the kindest thing you can do is to stand up for someone else. Sometimes the kindest thing you can do is to tell someone that they have a problem. And this is hard, right? It's like, well, you know, we don't want to... We can't tell somebody something's wrong, that they did something wrong. That's not nice. They won't like that. But if it really is sin that's harming them and harming other people... What would kindness do? If kindness is saying and doing what is good for someone else, it may not feel nice, but it can be perfectly kind to say, here's what's wrong. And we understand this with physical things, right? If I had something weird on my face right now, hopefully one of you, while I greeted pretty much everybody who came in the front doors today, would be like, hey, Rob, you might want to take care of that before you're like up in front of everybody. 
right? But I've been like, you are not nice. That was unkind. No, what's unkind is to walk by me like everything's fine when it's not. Right? And we recognize that with physical things. You've got something on your shirt or something on your face. That's actually kind to say to a friend. And sometimes things do need to be said in a different tone than the light and airy. You know, just, I feel like there may be something wrong. When a child is running into a street and a car is coming, we don't say, hey, sweetie, there's something that I would like for you to consider. <laughs> right? Sounds nice, not kind. <laughs> right? The kind thing then is to, and I'm not going to do it because it wouldn't be kind to your ears, but you know what the kind thing to do is in that moment. It's not quiet. And it's not beating around the bush. It's direct. Because a direct intervention, an immediate intervention is absolutely necessary to save a life. So kindness is not the same thing as being nice, but it's also not a free ticket to just like let people have it. Okay? Do we? Can you? Are we grasping that balance between the two? Okay. Another way we can be kind is to be kind when people are not present with us. Right? We can be kind when someone is not there. And this is where the difference, like in other parts of the country, really comes in, where there's a lot of niceness. Right? We're so glad that you're here, but, but we're not really, but we know it's what we're supposed to say. Right? And we're fine, everything's good, but it's not. And we both know it, but no one is kind enough to do anything about it. But we congratulate ourselves for being kind. But, but we're not. We're just being nice. Because kindness is about saying and doing what is good for someone else. So we can be kind even when someone is not in our presence. Niceness is something like two people's face. Kindness is going to be true whether you're with them or whether you're with that other friend and talking about them. And then in that moment when maybe it's the other friend leading the discussion, oh, can't you, boy, did you see what? And so something we can do that's kind in that moment is to help someone else think the best of the other person. That's a way to be kind. Or to help someone else say, that does sound like a real problem. I'm not sure you're talking to the right person about that. Maybe you should talk to them. Like, that would be kindness in that moment. And there are times we go, well, like, what's a plausible excuse that I don't need to be kind, right? Well, I'm just keeping it real. I'm a real person. What you see is what you get. I'm not going to be fake for anybody, least of all you. I'm just keeping it real. Well, sometimes what's real is really wrong and needs to be repented of. And so thanks for being real, but hopefully the person who's with you is going to be kind and say, like, you shouldn't do that. One of the hardest places to be kind is at home. Right? Because surely at home I get to be myself. But that's what this series is all about. It's like yourself changing. 
right? I get to be myself. I get to be real at home. At home, that's where everyone exists to serve me. That doesn't work well if everyone comes home that way. You ever tried that? Sometimes it feels like we try that, right? And it doesn't work, especially at home. We must be kind. There is no time or place where we can act as though the fruit of the Spirit is not relevant to our lives. There's no place where it's like Galatians 5 is a really neat part of the Bible for all of those parts of life, but in this part of life, I get to be different because the fruit of the Spirit doesn't matter. So what is kindness? Kindness says and does what is good for someone else, whether they deserve it or not. You go, well, this is hard. There's a lot of people who definitely don't deserve my kindness, and now you're telling me I have to. But why? Why? So why be kind? Well, some people would say, if you give kindness, it will come back to you. Yes, karma, right? What you put in is what you will get out, right? And the motivational speakers and emails and all the people trying to take your money will be glad to tell you that. If you give kindness, it will come back to you. If we can just all spread a little more love, everyone be kind, then everyone else will be kind too. Now, not that everyone else will be kind too, but if you give kindness, it will come back to you, actually is generally true. Right? What does Proverbs 15.1 say? A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. We have all lived this, right? We've all lived for sure at least one side of it with the harsh word stirring up anger. Hopefully we're also learning to live the other side of it. That a soft answer turns away wrath. And so it is generally true. Right? There's sometimes you can actually kind of catch someone off guard by being kind to them in a moment when they don't expect it. Right? When they're used to every other customer that's come through the line being frustrated and angry and upset, and you smile and say hi to them and ask them how they're doing. And they're like, no, it's in my script to say you have a good day. Right? It's like, what is happening right now? And so we can do that. And very often you'll get a kind response in that moment. But what about when it doesn't work. Because we know it's not true that as long as you give kindness, that is what you will receive. So why be kind when it doesn't seem to work, right? That's, that's the, kind of the reason that the world gives us for stuff. It works. But we know from experience, even the world knows from experience, it doesn't work. So then what? Why be kind? First, because God tells us to. I always find that pretty compelling. He commands us to be kind. It's not like, here's your list, pick your top five, five out of nine. I mean, that's like pretty good. You could even go, well, I'm in school, seven out of nine, you can pass, good. But it's not picking and choosing, it's in, it's in the list. It's what we're called to. And so God commands us to be kind. And that ought to be enough for us. It's here in this list of the fruit of the Spirit. It's in the list of qualities in Colossians 3, Colossians 3.12, where Paul is telling believers to put on qualities because they belong to Christ, because God has chosen them. Live like this. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. This is also what God has always wanted from his people. 
as they were being sent into exile, he says, here's what I told you before. This is Zechariah 7, 9, and 10. Thus says the Lord of hosts, render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor. Let none of you devise evil against one another in your heart. So God has commanded us to be kind. That should be enough reason, but we have even better reason. Because God has been kind to us and will be kind to us forever. Ephesians 2 you may be familiar with verses 8 and 9, right? It's by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, not of works, so that no one can boast. And maybe we're familiar with the beginning of that chapter that's talking about we were all children of disobedience and children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And we were going all the wrong way. But God, who's rich in mercy, Right, because of the love with which he loved us, has made us alive together with Christ Jesus and has seated us with him in the heavenly places. Verse 7 of Ephesians 2 tells us what God is going to be doing forever. It says, So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You know what's coming for you in the coming ages? Because you're in Christ, God's kindness after kindness after kindness after kindness. Kindness is also a sign that we belong to God. It's being worked out in us by the Spirit, and that's a sign of the Spirit's saving activity in our lives. It's a sign that we are the children of God. Jesus, in the famous passage on loving your enemies in Luke 6, verse 35, as he's like capping that discussion, he says, love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And we can think of that as like God sends rain on the just and the unjust. And that's true. That's in the Bible also. So that's true that God does that. But even as we were reminded in the reading and confession and prayer time at the beginning today, right? When we read ungrateful and evil, we don't need to think about someone outside of ourselves, And that's who God is kind to. He's kind to us. He's kind to me, who does not deserve it. And as the Spirit works this out in us, we are shown to be the sons and daughters of God who take on his character, who have his character produced in us. It's not that this is a random list of things that God thought would be a good idea for people. This is who he is. And this is what he does for us. And it's what he will do for us forever. So why be kind? God commanded it. God is going to be kind to us forever in Jesus. And it's a sign that we belong to him. But why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to be kind? 
It's hard because it's not who we are by nature, right? Kindness is not my default state, and I imagine it is not yours either. And even as Christians, we need to be reminded. Eric led us again at the beginning from Titus 2, Titus 3. And that's exactly how Paul's starting. He says, remind them to do what? To be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. This is something that Paul, who had left Titus behind to get things in line, put things in order. He says, remind them this. This is what they need to be reminded of. Because we ourselves were foolish and disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. This is who we were. But the goodness and loving kindness of God appeared, and he saved us by his grace, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. It's not who we are by nature, and so it's hard, but God is remaking us because he has saved us by his grace. Grace means forgiveness, but grace also means power to obey, power to live for the Lord. Why is it so hard? One of the reasons I think it's hard to be kind is that we're very busy. Do you feel that? How, how many times do we give that as an answer, right? It's like, how are you doing? Oh, there's a lot going on. How are you doing? Oh, oh man, so busy. We have so many things this week. It's so busy. And there's a lot going on, and much of it is very good. But it's hard to be kind when you're in a rush. It's hard to see someone else's need. And even harder to stop to meet it when you're in a rush, right? It's much easier to be patient driving here when I'm 30 minutes early for whatever I'm doing, right? But when it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta be there right now and I'm leaving and it's like I have this many minutes and I have that many minutes to get there, all right, right? The person who doesn't go through the yellow light in front of you when you definitely would have followed them through. And you're like, what are you, come on, it's not that hard, right? It's also not hard to be kind according to The Rock. <laughs> Except that it is. It is. But it's easier to be kind when we are not in a rush, when we are not feeling over-scheduled and just like I'm running from one, thing's, one thing to the next. And Jesus is another example to us. He's our Savior, but he's also an example. He had time. Even when he was on the way to raise a girl from the dead, he had time to stop and heal and address the person who had come to him for healing. They're going, but you got to get there. He's like, hold on. And it's hard. We live in a different age, right? He walked pretty much everywhere that he went. It was like, if we walked things would be slower. It's like, well, of course they would be. Yeah, that's good. Rob's so good at logic today. And so, yes, we live in a different world, but we also need to find ways to have room to be there for other people. In the church, on our block, 
Are we always in a rush? Are we on to the next thing, getting our schedule done with no room to show kindness to those in need? Another thing that makes it hard is our culture generally, not just a culture of busyness, but for all the talk in our culture of being kind, there's a lot about our culture that is diametrically opposed to kindness, right? Nice guys finish last, right? It's like, I don't want to be in last. I want to be first. It's like, well, kindness is not the way, right? That's not how you get there. Even acts of kindness can be not so subtle efforts at manipulation, Remember when I did that for you last week and now I need this from you this week? It's like, oh, I didn't realize it was currency like that. I didn't realize that was just a thing so you were storing up so you could get something from me later. That's not kindness. And even more than that, we live in a world of contempt. And when you're looking down on someone else and sure that they're less than you, it's really hard to be kind It's hard to be kind if we have a heart of contempt. But contempt and hostility is exactly what we are fed in so many ways today. But it's also not new. We go, oh, the culture, and it's so bad. Contempt, looking down on other people, right? Remember Jesus talking in Luke 18? It says there were two men who went to the temple to pray. A Pharisee, one of the good guys who does all the good things, and a tax collector, Right? How did the Pharisee pray? God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. What a guy, right? I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, Jesus says, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, one of them went back to his house right with God that day. And it's pretty clear which one it was, right? We would never do anything like that. We'd never say, God, thank you that I'm not woke or liberal or a baby murderer or giving into the gay agenda. Thank you that I'm not like them. Or maybe we would also never say, God, I thank you that I didn't fall for the lies of Trump, that I'm not racist that I care for real about the sojourner and the poor? What's your list of people that it's okay for you to look down on? You know, because they're idiots. Or evil. Because there's a lot of idiotic, evil people out there. You wouldn't believe how many of them I come across on the internet. And we say, well, kindness, that was neat in the Bible. You know, when it was easy to be a Christian, it's like, hold up there, right? Not true. (laughs) Much harder to be a Christian when Galatians was written than today. We say, well, kindness was for a different day, not for this one. Not when there's so much evil that needs to be stopped. Kindness doesn't work. We need to be tough. We need to win. Kindness is for the weak. It's for those who are too afraid to fight for what is right. That's where we get the discernment bloggers from. If you don't know what those are, praise the Lord. (laughs) If you do, you know what I'm talking about, right? You don't have to turn around and stare at him like that. (laughs) 
Yes, yes. But this is a word not only for Joey, I'm sure, okay? <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of you particularly until you looked at me like that. And I was like, that's right. No. <laughs> and it's good for us to know the difference between what's right and wrong. To know the difference between a man and a woman. So don't hear me wrong today, okay? Don't hear me wrong. It's good to know that. But there are some people who kind of make their ministry finding all the wrong in the world, and it's their duty to expose it because no one else will. There is a spiritual gift of discernment, but it must be worked out through this list. It must be worked out through this list. And this list is filled with words like patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's the opposite of the vice list, right? Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. It's patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's not roast your enemies, own the libs, or whatever. So what do we do when people don't deserve our kindness, right? It's like, okay, I'm leaving here. I'm determined to be kind. I'm going to be kind to the first person I see. And they, you know, totally ignore you. Even worse, say something mean to you. I was just trying to, like, ah, trying to be a good Christian. What about the people who don't deserve our kindness? Ephesians 4.32 is a verse that we use with our children as we're hopefully not yelling at them to be kind. All right, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. How can we be kind? To remember that God has been kind to us. How do we be kind to those who, but they don't deserve it. They're not giving me kindness. They're not treating me with any civility. And so I need to answer in kind. It's like, no, you do not need to answer in kind. You need to answer with kindness. And again, kindness is not afraid to tell the truth. But kindness is not, here's my shot, and I'm going to show you. It's for the other person's good and for the glory of God. All people, even ones with whom you differ, even those who are against God, are made in the image of God and therefore deserve your respect and kindness. I mean, the whole point of kindness is that we don't deserve it. And so that's what we're called to give to others. God will pour out the riches of his kindness on us for eternity, not because of what we have done, but because of his mercy. And so we are free to be kind because God has been kind to us. So it must never be, I'll be kind as long as they are. Right, where we kind of go into a conversation with somebody, go into an interaction. Okay, I'll start out with kindness. And then if they give me some kindness back, then I'll give them some more. And we'll just have this kindness fest. But if they cross me, watch out. No, 
we must show kindness even in the face of evil. Jesus, in that passage where he's saying, love your enemies, right? He says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them, right? We don't, we don't need a sermon on that. We know how to do that. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. He says instead, love your enemies. So, how can I cultivate kindness? Just really quickly here. Remember, at its core, kindness says and does what is good for someone else, whether they deserve it or not. So first, feel your need of kindness from God. Cultivate that. And we do that through his word and prayer. And in some ways, we're like a broken record saying, this is, this is how this happens. You know, how are we filled with the Spirit? So as we see God, see his character, see his glory, see him saving us. The gospel is the ground of Christian kindness. So first, feel your need of kindness. But then pray. Pray that the Spirit would open your eyes to the needs of others. That you'd be able to not only see yourself and your own needs, but to see other people for real and what they need from you, the kind word that they need, the kind action that they need. Pray for a compassionate heart rather than a contemptuous heart. Pray that the Spirit would then empower you, having seen the need, Pray that the Spirit would empower you to say and do to others what is good for them. And when you fail, because we all will fail, start back at the beginning and remember God's unfailing kindness to you. By his grace, may he make us individually as a church, a people where kindness is our culture. Not just being nice, Not afraid to tell the truth, but to tell the truth not to win, but to win the other person. Not so that we can be seen to be right, but so that they and we can be made right with one another and with God. Let us remember all our days God's unfailing, unending kindness to us and be kind one to another. Let's pray. God, thank you. You have saved us according to your mercy. Thank you that your mercies are new for us every morning. Would you make us by the work of your spirit in us, by our union with Christ who is kind, would you produce kindness in us? Would we be known for our kindness? We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen.